feel like a newscaster now. With the little... With the little lapel <laughs> mic. <laughs> Have you seen that video where it's three newscasters and it's, not, not all newscasters, newscasters sound the same. same. <laughs> so good. <sighs> On that note. Yeah. Welcome back, everyone. I am Bryn. I am Ricky. We are Writers in Progress. We have mics. Yes, we actually got them to work. I got the right jack for it. We have a dongle and a doohickey. Yeah. And splitters. And yeah, there's a lot going on. It's a lot, it, of, wires. A lot of wires. It's a little excessive <laughs> for us being like three feet apart. That's but. because you have an iPhone. Yeah. Which requires all of the accessories. It's yeah. a little ridiculous. It is. But we're back at it. I'm very excited. I feel like you'll be very proud of me because this time I only have two pages. Really? Yes. I So I started out and I was like, oh no. Um, <laughs> you do this with every prompt. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I basically was going to include three different scenes just to give backstory. Yes, I remember you And I was that. like, okay, that's too excessive. So I like cut all the two previous scenes mm-hmm. and I'll just have to explain a little bit later. Yeah. So, so it's only like two and a half pages. Okay, yeah. Well, and it was funny because I've been really struggling with this one as to like, really. Well, because I told you I had, I'm like I have three scenes that this could work. Yeah, with. and then you um, trimmed it down to two. I trimmed I it down remember. to two because I was like, I don't know, between like the third one, it worked, but it also like it wasn't as impactful a moment. Mm-hmm. So I was like, eh, that one can go. And then the other one, it was a choice between the scene that I chose and then the scene that. I, I was also thinking was after the battle when she finds him bathing at the river. Oh, okay. Um, and he's and she goes to like take out his braids and he's like, mm-hmm. no, that's a wife's work. And she's like, haven't I been your wife in enough lives? And then um, as she's sitting there, he kind of mumbles it under his breath and she's like, I have seen you and you've seen me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, it works. But I also just feel like it has to be said, at least to me, it. I started to feel like it had to be said in a way that was like, you will be afraid of me mm. when you know what I can do. Yeah. And so that's what led to me choosing the scene that I did. Okay. But yeah. And then once I chose that, I was like, okay, I know where I'm going with this. And I yeah. just like sat down and wrote the whole thing. <laughs> it took me a few goes to get it, but that's because I was like, stop starting at mm, yeah. multiple points. Yeah. So that's the hard part is when you're like, oh yes, it'll work in this scene. Uh, but... It's so pretty outside. We're, it's fall here, and there's a tree right outside the window, and it's pure yellow and just gorgeous. Blowing so. leaves gracefully in the wind. I have lost track of our designated quarter. What? How do you I lose know. the quarter? I don't know. Things always get shuffled with dog. That we is had true. to move everything out of reach. Oh, he chewed up my mitol, which was great. Oh no. He, he didn't eat any pills, but he got two pills out. Oh, so no. that's why there's like random cardboard on the ground. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. And he also destroyed a um stuffy? A, a reusable bag. Oh, like a yeah. and it was my goats on the roof bag. Aww. And I was so sad. Okay. Actually call it this time. Uh heads. Ha! Ah, for once! It is tails. It is tails. Took me a moment because it's Olympic one and I was like it's always so hard, right? Yeah. Every time I'm like, yeah, that's a head. Yeah, okay. For once, so. finally, my streak is over. Yeah, because I guess it's been... Literally every episode I have yeah. read first. 
All right. So, first off, uh-huh. our prompt was. Right. Let me pull it up because I want to actually word it right. I have it on my phone as well. Um, down to writing prompts. Our prompt was, if you could even begin to comprehend where I've come from, you would be terrified of me. And with that, so, we begin. So, this is part of the same story that we read, or that I read, <laughs> from our last prompt. Yes. And again, I'll have to give a little bit of backstory afterwards. Um, I actually labeled this chapter. <gasps> it is called Capture. Ooh. Which doesn't work as well because I took out a whole chunk, but it's still, it's fine, it still works. It's fine. So, Akiba sat slumped by the door for hours waiting for Madame Blanc, watching people whisper about her as they walk by, some picking up their pace as they do. When Madame Blanc had arrived, she looked haggard. Akiba, she smiled, stepping into her place. Uh, Akiba stood behind her. You'll want to close the door. She strode past to the kitchen. Blanc's eyes beamed as she closed her door. Akiba put on a pot of water to boil and prepped some tea leaves. They weren't as fresh as she had gotten used to, but their taste in particular was comforting. Blanc stripped off her leather jacket and poured herself a drink. Something strong, Akiba guessed by the color. She unbuttoned her shirt and rolled up her sleeves, popping down into her chair. Akiba poured the water over the leaves and watched them swell and relax in their filter. She sat across from Blanc, eyeing the jacket that splayed across the other chair. Not just a drug dealer, then. You know I prefer pharmacists. But no, not just that. Rank? She sat back, pulling the warm mug to her chest. More of a title than a rank. I don't have much to do with squads and defenders anymore. So that's how you keep all this running, then. You didn't think I was scary enough to operate with my door wide open, did you? You do give off a certain vibe. Akiva took her first sip. With everything I've been through, it builds up. She dropped her arm, letting Akiba see the scars from needles that never quite healed despite their age. It's how I got uh, you to be left alone. Akiba raised a brow. They wanted to lock you in a room as soon as they laid eyes on you. You could have come to visit. Then who would drink my tea? She took a long sip from her drink and let the room fall silent. Akiba stared at the wall of plants, their leaves dancing with the slightest brush of air. Her skin ached, yearning for it. The last file she took was only a few days ago, and to have that release, that numbness to not care, Akiba could have a moment's peace. I know that's not why you told me to close my door. Blanc took a long sip from her drink, pulling Akiba's gaze back towards her. No, Akiba ran her her thumb along the edge of her mug. You knew? I did. She leaned forward, her features softening. I helped them. She cleared her throat, trying to keep it stable. Are you one of them? Blanc stood sipping, oh, slipping off her button up and pulled at the back of her tank top. Her back was covered in old scars, but no two ran parallel down her spine. Hearing Akiba let out a sigh of relief, she slipped her shirt back on. As you can see, I'm getting a little old for this. Before you ran off, I was actually wanting you to take over. Akiba let out a dry laugh. You wanted me to be a drug dealer. 
not with how fresh those scars are. Akiba covered over the needle marks in her arm, drawing it closer to her side. I wanted you to help those in hiding. Akiba shook her head. I hated them. Bonk winced. You hated what they were. No. What? <laughs> what was I trying to say? <laughs> oh, yeah. You hated what they were, not who they were. Uh, so how could I have helped them? You needed to experience that hatred towards them. I did. Then, once you understand what happens to them, what they have to live through... What? I was typing this on my keyboard and I thought I read over this, and I did, like, three times. <laughs> then once you understand what happens to them, what they have to live through... Oh, okay, I don't know what I said there. Uh, you do everything in your power to protect them. Why me, of all people? You weren't special. You were rather ordinary, actually. Just another kid wanting to be a defender while their family was destroyed. Kiba tucked her head down, remembering Rand's blood in her hands and the cavern in Aldrin's chest. But you were willing to see past the surface. You saw me not as Madame Blanc, but just another customer, and you treated me no different. If you could do that with me, why couldn't you do that with those hiding among us? Kiba shook her head, not knowing how to respond. You've asked your question. Now it's time for mine. She gulped at her drink. What are you going to do about that boy being poked and prodded at out there? Akiba's face flared hot. What am I going to do about him? She snarled. If you could even begin to comprehend where I've come from, you'd be terrified me. You of me. You wouldn't even think to ask. Block's posture stiffened. Try me. Try you? She stood, her teeth smashing to the ground. That thing out there has ripped apart, peeled open, hundreds of us. There were children with organs hacked out just so they would know. I was given their own organs just to see how I would react to it. They kept me as an, exper an experiment, as a toy. With Aldrin dead beside me, not knowing, not even knowing, only for them to claim that it was all for Tess. And? And? What more is there to say? It is horrid and should be in as much pain as possible. And what did you do when you realized? What could I have done besides run? That's it. Blanc snapped, and Akiba opened her mouth to counter, but was immediately cut off. You listen here. She strode over to her until Akiba was forced to step back. There is no amount of terror coming from you, nor that scared boy outside. I have been here for a long time, and I know terror. I have had unspeakable things done to me. I have committed atrocities. I have lived off phantom alone and would rampage at the drop of a hat. I was feared, yes, but no person was terrified of me. I had to learn to accept what had been done, what I had done, and when people truly became terrified of me was the day I learned to use that pain as a kindness towards others. Akiva had her back against the wall. Now you listen here and you listen well. Her voice shook. You are no better than that boy out there. You were allowing to, him to go through the same thing they did. That boy's captured? The, oh, no. That boy wasn't captured. He came here knowing what would happen. That boy is trying to give any form of reconciliation in the form of pain. You simply walked away with no indication of helping them, those they take, or anyone but yourself. Being blatantly called pathetic has a dull ache to it. 
As soon as it's said, you begin to become defensive and disputed, but over time you begin to question whether you really are. You carry it with you, wondering if each failure you encounter is from if you are indeed pathetic. Instead, to have it laid out in front of you without the word ever being used is undeniable. It's a sharp sting, a slap in the face that leaves you stunned. You are, as a fact, pathetic. Akiba stood blinking down at Blanc. Closing her slack jaw, she stared at the wall of Phantom for a moment and began to chuckle. It led into a full belly laugh until tears began to seep from her eyes. Why do I have to be better? Madame Blanc walked back to her drink. You don't? Akiba ground at her eyes with a sigh and forced the tears to stop. She stared at the older woman. Can you get me into the tent? Alone? Blanc brought... Blanc brought her drink to her lips with a hinting smile. With enough help, what did you have in mind? I can definitely hear the Helen Mirren. I can totally see it. That'd be so good. Yeah. Damn, that was a speech. The little, like, the little pathetic paragraph. That Lemony Snicket? It was like, it's so out of context, but I really liked it. (laughs) It's very Lemony Snicket. I never read it, so... Well, even, like, how he is in the movie, or in the show, where he'll just, like, randomly interject Interject. and just start, like, talking in a very matter-of-fact... Yeah, that's very much what it felt like. And it's just like that in the books. Really? The books are so good. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then there's a sequel... Well, it's not really a sequel series, but it's supposed to be a series about, like, Lemony Snicket when he's a boy. Oh. I only read the first one, but it's really good. Um, They're all questions. Like, the titles are all questions. So the first one is, um, who could that be at this hour? Oh, okay. And so each subsequent book, I really want to buy them because they're really yeah. good. And I mean, they're lovely like it. Yeah. That was good. Thank you. It's not like, it still needs some tweaking. Yeah, but there's definitely enough there. Yeah. So you said that you would have to kind of... So, I never outright say it, but in this whole grand scheme of things, Madame Blanc is a drug dealer, obviously, mm-hmm. but she always just leaves her door open. Yes. I think and, I remember that from one Yeah. Year. Drafts. Because it's from, like, the very beginning. Yeah. And people, if they want something, they'll come in and they'll close the door themselves. Yeah. Um, and so everyone just thinks, like, oh, she's she's the big baddie, so mm. she can just do whatever she wants. She's actually the oldest defender. Which and is so saying she, a lot. She pulls rank. Yeah. And so she's kind of left alone. No one really bats an eye at her. And so... Because she's lived, lived this long, she must be doing something, right? Yeah. And so she just kind of does her own thing. Nobody talks about it, but then, so Akiva comes back, and then one of the dragons that was with her, mm-hmm. and, like, did all the horrible stuff, mm-hmm. comes and just kind of sits there. Right. And they take, take him, him and are, like, experimenting on him. And she knows mm-hmm. that he's an actual boy. That he's, like, human. What do you call that? Humanoid. Mm-hmm. Um, and she knows that there's people, like, hiding in the building. Yeah. And that's why Akiba's like, did you know? Yeah. She's like, yeah, of course I did. Like, <laughs> that's, like, my whole I operation. I don't get to this point by being stupid. Yeah. And so, like, she was basically saying, like, I'm getting too old for this, but I wanted you to be the one to help them. Mm-hmm. And then your brother died, and you kind of hated them, despite the fact that your boyfriend was one of them. You don't know that yet, but... <laughs> Oh, God, she doesn't know no. that yet. She doesn't know until she gets down there. Right. And, 
and he has a kid uh-huh. with someone else, and uh-huh. she's like, you said you couldn't have kids, and then uh-huh. she was like, oh, you just meant you couldn't have kids with me. Ooh. Got it. Okay. Oh. Yep. Oh. Here we go. That's like straight out of Bridgerton. I haven't watched that. It's great for binge watching. I watched the entire thing in a day. Because it's only like eight episodes? I think so. Because usually those types of series are like... Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's like fairly cohesive to the book, but I think they changed a couple things. And yeah. people say that there's a lot of people that are like fans of the book that I just say that they like the series better. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's different. It's also got like a really <laughs> fun cast. And the siblings, like, act like siblings, too. Oh, that's good. Like, there's one scene where there's, like, three of them sitting... Or there's two of them sitting on the couch. And then one of them comes in between them and just, like, slams himself down so that he forces himself in between them. And they're like, ah! And then someone gets chocolates and the others are, like, reaching over trying to grab them. And she's like, no, they're mine! And they're like, wait, you have to share! Oh, it's great. (laughs) True sibling rivalry. True siblings. It's beautiful. Yeah. Shall I? Yeah. Okay. Do you have a title for yours? Um, it's just it's Death by Any Other Name, Yerick's Ending. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that's the scene. So I don't know if I really need to give I guess I well, yeah, this one I kinda need to give context. <laughs> Going in blind is very confusing for this one. Okay. So this scene is from my book Death by Any Other Name. Um, where the main character is basically the person who has the power of death. Um, so essentially death is like, I call it the heart, um, in the sense of it kind of takes over the whole person. It not controls them, but it's like a living force within them. Mm -hmm. Um, so she has the heart of death. So she has become death. Um, and then Yarek is the prince who's now at this point has become king because his father has died. So he's been the prince that's kind of like, oh, you're the one that's going to save us. If we have death on our side, then everything's going to go our way. And she's like, you realize I'm not actually bound to you, right? Like, I I don't play by your rules. Just because we're from the same people doesn't mean you're going to win. Mm-hmm. That's kind of up to you guys. I'm just here to collect the bodies. <laughs> um, and then the other character is has the heart of war. So he's from the other tribe that's involved in this conflict sorry just to interject yes. this is all these are based off of the four horsemen correct essentially yeah 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 so, so death and war yeah. are based off the two of the four horsemen which is funny because they don't really go into the other ones until the sequel book. yeah this one's very focused on death and war mm-hmm. um so yeah and then at this point the battle is over yarek has been crowned king because his father died he's kind of guilted um, Death, who's, her name is Katri, he's guilted her into kind of staying because, well, she took his father's life, so now she owes him kind of thing. And she's still very new at the role that she's taken, so she's feeling a lot of pressure. Um, and then she just kind of goes, I can't deal with this anymore. This whole situation sucks. I want to leave. And so her and Kadrin, who's war, have gone off to try and get away from it all because they're done with all that crap. Mm-hmm. So, they watch the army march through the winding path, the thunder of footsteps echoing through the forest. He's going after them, Cajun said. Is he that desperate to prove himself that he's willing to break the peace? Katri played the events of the last few days back over in her mind. Oh my god, she whispered, her eyes widening as she grabbed Cajun's arm. He's looking for you. He'd slaughter a retreating army just to bring me out, Cadron's voice darkened. A king who has both death and war at his side will be questioned by no one. 
Then we end this now. The army ground to a halt, the soldiers shifting side to side and whispering among themselves at the stranger standing in the middle of the pathway. They parted as Yerik rode forward, a sneer rising on his face as he recognized Cadron. You dare impede my path. I'm offering you the chance to turn around. Yerik barked a laugh, throwing his head back dramatically to encourage the soldiers around him to join in. You, all on your own, with not even death to speak on your behalf. Yerik leaned forward on his horse. You think I'm frightened of you? My army has already slaughtered your kin. Why would I heed the warning of a lone Tjordman? If you could even begin to comprehend where I've come from, you would be terrified of me. Cadron's voice changed, an ancient darkness seeping in. Yerik seemed not to notice, ignoring the way his horse stepped backwards in fear he, as he turned to his soldiers. Finish him. The soldiers didn't move, a silence falling over the forest. Yerik shifted in his saddle, glancing from side to side at the soldiers frozen in a moment. Without warning, one lifted his sword and slit his own throat in a single motion, a spray of scarlet cascading over Yerik. Another soldier turned his weapon on the man beside him. The army became engulfed in chaos, brother turning on brother in a bid to save their own lives. Yerik tried to yell over the mayhem, demanding order. Cadron's laugh filled the air. Your army is mine to do as I please. Yerik looked back to find not the Chornman boy who, had dis who he had watched with disdain, but an ancient one from the legends of his childhood. The vigor stood taller than any tapestry had conveyed, smoke and ash swirling around him. His chest blazed brighter than the hottest forge, his eyes black pits of the darkness that awaited all who meet him. He held his arms wide, an axe in one hand, a sword in the other. He laughed again, the ground trembling with each note. War, Yarrick managed to whisper before his horse reared up in fear and tossed its rider. The young king scrambled to his feet, torn between staring at the monster in front of him and trying to avoid the frenzied slaughter behind him. A blade was pressed against his throat, a cold hand held to the back of his neck. This ends now, princeling, the steel voice whispered, frozen breath punctuating the air with each word. Katri, he started with confusion, the knife pressing deeper into his skin. You were on my side. You protected your people. Now look at what you're letting them do. You swore an oath to me. Enough, she yelled, the word rippling through the battle like a shockwave, stunning everyone motionless. Cadron calmly returned to himself, Ash still swirling around him as he watched Katri. He kept his weapons ready, intently studying her movements for the faintest side of, sign of permission. Death swears oaths to no king, and war cannot be contained by mortals. Her voice had morphed into a thousand, the words etching themselves into his bones as she spoke. Whatever debt you think you are owed, Yerik, it is paid with this. I leave you with your life. The blade was removed. Katri stepped around in front of him, the shadows retreating from her face as she made one last study of his. I've seen your death, princeling. The next time we meet, we'll be at the end. He unconsciously reached for the amulet pressed against his chest, her eyes flicked down to the figure he clutched. Even the gods cannot change that, she whispered, her voice finally her own. Finally, she turned her gaze from him and walked away. Cadron relaxed as she neared him, sheathing his weapons and releasing his hold on the soldiers surrounding Eric. Immediately, the warriors fell to the ground, praying to the gods and to Lady Death, seeking protection and forgiveness. Yarrick stood motionless in the crowd, watching the tree line for a final glimpse of either of the Ancient Ones.
for the first time in his life, he could find no prayer to utter. Ooh. That was very, like, check yourself. Pretty much. <laughs> that was good. I like the description uh-huh. of when. So that's how Yarrick pictures him, right? Essentially, yeah. Well, war... So death will appear to you as... Like, if you're afraid of death, you're going to picture a monster kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, war is kind of built more from, like, the frenzy of battle. So the oh, more okay. frenzied the battle, the more fearsome war is going to be, because war is always a monster. Yeah. Um, which is why Cadron ends up being so messed up after each battle, is because, like, it's a lot to process. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But he... So that's not even, like, his final form. <laughs> As I was saying, I was like, damn it, that's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, that's not, like, his worst form. That's, like, a very minor version of it because he's the one who's kind of controlling what's happening. Okay. Yeah. I finished writing and it was like, oh, okay, that worked. I'm very proud of myself. That worked very well, if I do so myself. Yeah. Two very different... Very... Granted, it's very different stories. Yeah. You've got your thinking face on again. I'm just like... Because, <laughs> like, they're they're parallel, because they're both almost, like, coming-of-age stories. In a sense, yeah. But yours through is... Through trauma. Coming-of-age yeah. through trauma. Through trauma. But mine is, is also trauma and responsibility. Yeah. Or mine just, is just, like... Mostly trauma. <laughs> You think life is great. It's not going to be great. And then when it's not great, you got to get over yourself. <laughs> you need to be okay with this. Yeah. Yeah. All in all, I think it was very successful. Yeah. We, I, the one thing I really struggle with is I use names too much. Yes. And I don't know, like... It's hard when, descriptive. It's also hard but, when you're doing like a conversation between two female characters because you can't yeah. just keep saying she. Yeah. Because you're like, well, which she? Yeah. That's why I gave like one a mug and one a glass. <laughs> I can reference that. But yeah, I gotta get more whimsy and descriptive in my writing. <laughs> Have you seen Detective Pikachu? Yes. Okay, so Mewtwo's voice? Yes. That's kind of how I picture um, War and Death. <laughs> okay. So, like, that multiple voices layer yeah, on yeah. top of each other? Yeah. We were comparison, but yeah, I could see Because <laughs> that's all I could think of. Yeah. Because you don't... Yeah, I don't know. It was that or, like... I don't know if you've ever seen that scene from Lord of the Rings when Gladriel is almost tempted by the power of the ring. But her voice gets very echoey as well, because she's mm. like, I can be the most powerful one of all, kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Pretty much. But yeah. So yeah, it's kind of that, like, it's very unmistakable mm-hmm. that this is not the person you know that you're speaking to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was half debating having it where the knife, or the hand that had the knife was more skeletal. Mm. And then as she comes around and becomes herself again, it kind of, like, morphs back into her normal yeah. hand. But because he doesn't know that she's there, and Death's appearance is based on 
your perception mm-hmm. of death, it, I felt it didn't really make sense. Yeah, you're so. kind of forcing it. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I am very proud. Mm-hmm. So with that said, I am Bryn. I am Ricky. This was a Writers in Progress, and it was actually... It worked! Yeah! Yay, us! Yay! <laughs>